It's like, what's with this guy? This sucks. He doesn't like me. Then I married Tom Cruise. Now, now I'm married to this guy who flat irons his hair. Um, <laughs> and he treats me really good. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm confusing myself with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, you certainly are. Yeah, you yeah. know why? It's because of the long legs. Is that right? The stems. Hey, Chris. Hi, Sam. Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, welcome <laughs> back. <laughs> to the Kid Manifesto. Thank you for having me back. Am I the second person to ever return to the Kid Manifesto? You are the second, and you're also the second Chris. So only people named Chris can come back to do many <laughs> only episodes. Only Chris's can return. Have you had any other Chris's besides me and Chris Hanna? Yeah, uh, Christopher Eifler did the Paddington episode, so he's probably oh, on right. deck. Okay, so he's definitely the next one to come back because he has this special, um, you know, birthright. Yeah, I feel like we should lie and I should say, like, we just talked because your episode just aired, but I was looking at how long ago, not to, like, peel back the curtain too much on this podcast, but <laughs> we recorded that a very long time ago. Uh, but, you know, whatever, it's fine. Time is relative. But anyways, welcome back. It's been just, yeah, time is a flat circle. It's been no time at all. We are fresh off of the Academy Awards and... Honestly, the last thing anyone wants to do is listen to an Academy Awards podcast on the Tuesday after the award ceremony, but you and I are going to attempt it. Absolutely. I mean, exactly. We don't really necessarily have much to say about the Oscars themselves because we are on a very specific podcast and you can listen to other podcasts if you really want the whole rundown that everybody else is going to also give you. Yeah, listen to listen to a movie's IMO. Listen to insert your other favorite movie podcast in here. Um, I think I have one thing to bring up, but I think you have one thing. Oh, I have uh, a I'll thing just get mine out of the way. Up. You have a thing. Yes, yours is more exciting in a sense um, for this podcast, I guess. Uh, I think we have to acknowledge that the most important award that was given out last night, in my opinion, is the best screenplay award, best original Absolutely. screenplay. Going to get out and was presented to Jordan Peele by one Nicole Mary Kidman, who looked great. I think she was thrilled. Looked I hope to God she saw Get Out. No, she was definitely very thrilled about that, that she was giving the award out to Get Out. And if you had told me even the morning of the Oscars that Nicole was going to be giving the award to Get Out, I would have told you to Get Out, and I would have freaked out. Because how beautiful was that moment? It's really good. It's really exciting in a million different ways, uh, specifically for this podcast. I'm just, I'm just really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like very flabbergasted. Last night was a really stressful series of events for me, mainly because I was surrounded by heterosexuals during the awards ceremony. And Get Out was um, the only movie. And we could talk about. They had seen Get Out. Um, they had all seen Dunkirk. Uh, sorry, they had all oh, seen yeah. Dunkirk, and then um, I took most of them to see Phantom Thread because that's what a good homosexual does. Very good job. Um, my, I will try to rein in my tangents this time, but um, I brought this up last night um, to the people that we had over. And my favorite thing about Darkest Hour is when you look on the French map, Dunkirk is spelled Dunkirk, like it's Dunkirk. Is that serious? With a Q, yes. Um, okay. For the listen. listeners out there who <laughs> didn't go to see The Darkest Hour, this is a moment that you would probably be happy with yourself when you do see on the map it says Dunquirk. I've talked about Darkest Hour more than I care to on this podcast, <laughs> and 
Last night, the only thing that I tweeted about it was the best thing that I can say about Gary Oldman's speech for winning Best Actor is it was exactly as exciting as Darkest Hour. And again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Congratulations, Best Picture nominee, Lily James. (laughs) All those are fine things to say. I'm more positive on that movie, but we don't have to talk about this movie. No, we can't. Um, why don't you share your thing? Okay, so my thing, which is wasn't even on the telecast, but it was the very final thing on the red carpet before the telecast. They're interviewing Sandra Bullock because she didn't present until later in the show. She just hung around for a while. And all of a sudden you see little Nicole scampering behind whoever was interviewing Sandra Bullock. I don't know who that person was. Doesn't matter. But like you see her literally scampering and then Sandra freaks out and then Nicole goes up and hugs her. And it was a practical magic reunion. And it's also just wonderful to see Nicole get excited about former co-stars because she like in interviews she's always very effusive about the people that she loves but I feel like you never get to see that with her and her co-stars minus the big little lies people because they're always together in photos but practical magic of all of the reunions honestly Yeah, I think one of, and I've said this a million times on this podcast, but I think one of the great myths of Hollywood is that Nicole is this ice queen. And um, I think that's something that men have done to her personally. Uh, But I I did like feel a sharp like pang of fear when I saw her approaching the like dais that they were on in like the same, just because of like her on Ellen (laughs) mainly where I was like, Oh, she's like kind of a loose cannon, but like this wasn't her like slotted 30 seconds to talk on the red carpet, but it was a true delight. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to interrupt them. This is the thing that's going to happen. And you know what? Also, when she gets a moment to be just a true freaking dork, she really is one because when I say she scampered up there, you can literally see her like, I'm doing the little bunny hop movement right now, which is... Oh, it's a Dora the Explorer, like, swiper entrance to the the stage. It's good. Um, Did you also see the Instagram video that she posted where she's, like, in her limo and there's that, like, double-decker tour bus next to her and she, like, rolls down her window and interacts with them? No, I've been mostly offline today, but I will absolutely (sighs) be looking that up first thing. Do you have any notes to share with the listeners about that? Yeah, I have a couple notes. Um, I guess the first one is it's weird that you you don't have post notifications turned on for her. Uh, I have post notifications which turned on I for anyone. Do. I don't have that much time in my life. Well, I haven't turned on for one person, and it's her. So As you should. It's like it's, yeah. it's your responsibility. You would be you know remiss if you didn't. Yeah, this is my empire, and I have to keep it running somehow. Um, but it's really charming. She. Uh, she just like surprises them kind of unannounced. And then they all start taking pictures of her. And then she gets really embarrassed because she's like, oh, I haven't been to hair and makeup yet. <laughs> and she still looks great. That's all. Go <laughs> watch it right after this. Um, I did notice that uh, she posted another photo, which was like her rehearsing on the stage. And friend of the podcast, Matt Erspammer, sent it to me and he was like i don't really agree with this sentence because it says like um thank you the academy awards for like letting me present at the academy awards and he was like i would have maybe like cut that second one out (laughs) personally should we get into the task that i arbitrarily created and subsequently brought you on to discuss absolutely give me my task so in honor of the Academy Awards, I thought it would be fun to take a trip down memory lane and look at some of the Academy Award nominations and wins of Nicole. And then I thought it would be even more fun, uh, most funnest, which is almost a drop-dead gorgeous quote from now Academy <laughs> Award winner Allison Janney, 
if we chose some of our favorite Nicole movies and um, kick some people off of the nomination list uh, and added her onto those. How do you feel? I feel great about this. I also feel great about the people that I will probably be upset about just totally being utterly fine with getting rid of these performance and their nominations. I'm really excited to make some people mad. Yeah. There are a couple that are like pretty cut and dry for me. And there are like a couple that are that there's just no way that this episode isn't going to make new enemies for me, I guess is what I'm getting at. There's just no way to please all of gay Twitter with this. Yeah. Sure. You have to have a season two twist or what, I mean, you don't really have seasons, but either way, that's what I'm imagining it is in my mind. That's true. I should say (laughs) that recently I was in LA and I saw many a Los Angeles um, film fag. And one of them was a former guest, Brandon Kirby. And he asked me, (laughs) so like, what are you going to do when, like when this is over? And I just was like, sleep walk into the ocean like i don't know nothing (laughs) continue living your life yeah i'm gonna run out of movies and then like we're all gonna just look at each other and say like good job (laughs) uh let's let's wind it all the way back to 2001 to the 74th academy awards uh we have and i don't know if you have this pulled up but i'm ready to read read all of these to you i got this um okay so this is best actress We've got our winner, Halle Berry, for Monsters Ball. We've got Judy Dench for Iris. We've got Nicole Kidman, first nomination, Moulin Rouge. Uh, we've got Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom. And we've got Renee Zellweger, Bridget Jones's Diary. I guess first question is, should Nicole have won this year? I mean, I am a Halle Berry fan. I think she's amazing. I Okay, deep cut here. Holly Berry should have been an Oscar nominee in the mid nineties as best supporting actress for losing Isaiah. If you people have not, if you try to disrespect Holly Berry in any way, I mean, I need you to go and watch losing Isaiah. She's with Jessica Lange. It's super problematic these days, but like it was one of her first bigger roles and she's incredible. So I feel like a lot of listeners are going to be like, "Uh," about this performance. I think the movie's bad, but she's great in it. I still would have given it to Nicole um, but I all like I think this is Judy Dench accepted because I don't remember that performance whatsoever. I think that's a great best actress lineup. It's I mean it's pretty stacked. I'm not gonna ever shake my head at like a Sissy Spacek or a Judy Dench nomination. Um, there are a couple of Renee entries in here, and this is also right around um, Cold Mountain as well. Yeah. So I feel while I respect the career of Renee Zellweger, um, I'm not about to just like start handing out extra awards for her necessarily. Oh, but see, I love Bridget. I love her in Bridget Jones specifically. And I appreciate whenever a comedic performance can be nominated, especially in a lead category. So I, I'm not mad at that nomination. That is true. But should Nicole have won, I, she would be my pick. I think she would safely be my pick, even though I love three of those other performances. I, controversial, I'm already breaking form here. I don't know that I agree. Oh, okay. Only because I guess I've said it. I guess I've said that I'm not a giant Moulin Rouge stan on here. And I recently ranked all her performances and it did, it did fine. I guess I say keep it with Hallie. I, I mean, yes, I would go with that. I'm also, this is also the others year. And if it wasn't for the rules that you can only have one performance nominated, Nicole should be in there twice. And like, there's some days where I'm like, maybe she should win for the others because that whole closing monologue, I don't know how she does that. Like, 
that's it's ama- that moment specifically is one of my favorite Nicole scenes. So like that, this is kind of the year where yeah, I should have looked at other Nicole performances in the same year because had you had that been on there, I think I'm gonna ret- take back everything I said <laughs> and say that we remove the nomination from Moulin Rouge, we substitute the others, and we give it and to her. Give it to her. See, I am very anti like the amalgam award where it's like we're giving it to you for this, but you also had these three other performances that we're keeping in mind, Alicia Vikander, but. It's, I mean, totally, right? But at the same time, I feel like I can safely say that about Moulin Rouge because if it was the others or Moulin Rouge there, I would have voted for her. I love that you contextualize that with another Nicole performance. (laughs) This is why I brought you here. (laughs) Yes, when you asked me to come on tonight, I was like, yes, pull my leg to talk about Nicole's Oscar history. Absolutely. I think I did the really annoying thing, which is like I tweeted asking if anyone wanted to do it and then i just dm'd you the tweet <laughs> which is just so obnoxious. Did, i wasn't on twitter so i appreciated you asking um can we also say that moulin rouge was nicole's first oscar nomination and that it's weird that it took her that long to get an oscar nomination like i have always thought that that was so strange that it took that long it's super weird i have uh, spoiler alert but two of the three um, kind of like wishful thinking lists that I have are pre-2001. So I agree with you there. <laughs> I think I can guess what they are and I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have 2002, which is 75th Oscars. Uh, we have Nicole's win for the hours. We have Sama Hayek and Frida. We have Diane Lane and Unfaithful, Julianne Moore and Far From Heaven, and Renee Zellweger again in Chicago. Not a bad lineup. It's it, honestly, Jorge Molina told turned me on to this um, photo shoot that they did where they're on this very early 2000s couch in the room. The shoot is carpeted. I remember this. And we talked about it on his podcast. And it it's an image that is burned in my brain. So there are no substitutions in this lineup because then that photo couldn't have existed. I remember that. Oh my God. We love you, Jorge. We love uh, you. So I feel a little, I mean, you watch... Uh, Nicole is not nearly the greatest performance of the hours, but I mean, everybody's amazing in that movie too. It's at the time I was like, Nicole, Nicole, Nicole. But in hindsight, it's definitely Julianne Moore because it's always Julianne Moore. But the one that I feel like I hold near and dear to my heart that everybody forgets about is Diane Lane and Unfaithful. Just that subway scene alone is masterful. It's amazing. Like, uh, I... I will have to dig out some old tweet that I had about that scene. But like, I think about that scene probably (laughs) more than I think about anything else in that movie on a regular basis, but I wouldn't give somebody an Oscar for a scene. I should say, yeah, I should say just straight, straight away that uh, I do have this as my second highest rated Nicole performance of all time um, currently. And it's maybe up for debate or maybe not. Who knows? Uh, So I'm going to stick with this. Although I did um, I did watch Frida for Jorge's podcast, Blind Spots, uh, and I had never seen it. And I think I made a very convincing argument where I basically like rigged three years of the Oscars <laughs> and ended up giving Selma this Academy Award so Nicole could have a different one. Um, it's some revisionist history. But barring that not being possible, I think that uh, she should stay for this win, personally. Yes. It's also that momentum thing. Great. That was amazing. Yeah. Thought. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be mad at anyone winning in that year, even though it meant that it took forever for Julianne Moore to get an Oscar. But that's not this podcast. Um, yeah. 
And I'm all for the hours getting Oscars for anything revisionist history. Quite literally anything. I would have been fine with Ed Harris. Costume design for Allison Janney's red leather jacket. Costume design. Well, I guess maybe it's not costume design. Uh, maybe it's production design. I don't actually know. For the like purses that everyone has in the Julianne Moore segments where they're like the two wooden handles and then like a oh knit like bag portion. I actually think that like an accessory I've talked about would this a lot. costume design, <laughs> but I'm I'm fine with any Oscar for handbags. There should be an Oscar for handbags. That's something that you can at me about is whether or not that's costume design. I love that question. Should we jump to, should we skyrocket into the future to yeah. 2010? Takes forever to bring her back. Okay, I think Takes this forever is forever for her to get there. This is gonna be it's gonna be a hotly contested one. Uh, so we have Natalie Portman with the win for Black Swan. We have Annette Benning, the kids are all right. We have Nicole Kidman, Rabbit Hole, Jennifer Lawrence, Winter's Bone, and Michelle Williams for Blue Valentine. It's a good year. The stuff that I would put in that lineup that isn't in that lineup didn't necessarily have that much of a chance. Like Leslie Manville, another year. I'm a big fan of Please Give, if you've ever seen Please Give. Wait, was Leslie was Leslie not nominated for supporting for that? Nope. In that year? Nope. I think she was nominated at oh. BAFTA, but like hers was a big confusing case of is she a lead or is she supporting? I don't care. Just nominate her for something. <laughs> Do you know how many people I've told that she was... I guess I've just been saying that she's been snubbed at the Oscars, which is not incorrect. Right. Right. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I think I've definitely gone around and told at least one person she was nominated for another year. At the very least, I've gotten like 12 people to watch that movie. Well, because you watch that movie now and you're like, of course that she she was nominated. Like, I'm not even going to look that up. Of course she was, but she wasn't. Um, I watched every episode of Harlots for her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, And so- Samantha Morton, who is going to come up on this list later. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that performance. Um Okay, so you said that Rabbit Hole would be hotly contested. Why do you feel that way? Because I feel, or at least this lineup, because I do think this is a good lineup. My only like big change I would maybe make that was a possible change, though I don't think at the time it was very possible, was I really think, again, back to Julianne, I think that Julianne acts Annette Benning off the screen and is like funny when she really gets to be funny. I, I just prefer that performance cut back to 15 minutes ago when i said people were going to be mad at me for the things that i say on this episode get used to it guys um i don't necessarily think it's highly contested that i think nicole should win for this performance i actually don't think i think it's a good performance um i have some thoughts about the movie versus the play i uh am scared about not necessarily saying anything bad about annette benning i don't have anything bad to say about her i think she probably should have won for 20th century women um but i'm just like a huge jennifer lawrence and winter's bone stan and I've said this many times, but I think that that year should have been her Oscar and we can happily give her Silver Linings Oscar to That's so interesting. I mean, I honestly, I feel like we're going to look back and feel like, I, I mean, I have zero qualms and like no hesitation to give that to Natalie, but I do feel like this, we will look back and say that's when Michelle Williams should have won her Oscar because Blue Valentine's incredible. But Blue Valentine was weird. Blue Valentine is great. It was weird because Ryan Gosling. I'm just a huge Winter's Bone stan. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I do like Winter's Bone as as well, quite a bit. And that performance. And I I just rewatched it recently. um, And I was like worried that it wouldn't hold up. And it does. And I should also say for Natalie Portman stands, meaning mostly just John Adams, that uh, (laughs) in some world we can give the Oscar to... 
now it, we can like the end of mean girls it and give like a piece jackie and like a piece for isabel and a piece for annette and then we can just all look at emma stone in silence and then we can move on right. i'm settling with jennifer i don't know where that leaves you uh, uh still natalie natalie all right um and then uh 2016 89th Oscars, we've got Viola Davis winning for Fences. We've got Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. Manchester. Um, okay, so Nicole's Oscar history continues to be strange. And I know that there are some major fans for her Lion performance. It's just I still don't feel like I can wrap my brain around her having that performance. It, it, I, I, just, I also can't wrap my brain around her having to play moms. And I think she's good in it. I think this lineup isn't all that exciting, though it's Viola who should be in lead. And I love Naomi Harris more than most people seem to. So in no fathomable, this is like the least likely I would give an Oscar to Nicole from what she's actually nominated for. I think I'm having a stroke. Did I even say Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures out loud? Uh, I don't know. Probably. If I didn't, that's not a dig to her. I, this is a very confusing spreadsheet. I should also mention this is a supporting category for those of you who haven't figured that out True, already. her one supporting nomination. And the Octavia Spencer thing, like, you don't always have to say Octavia Spencer. It's just always understood. We're always loving, appreciating, <laughs> yeah. thinking about, musing upon Octavia Spencer. It's assumed. I'll say a couple of things. I think the Octavia Spencer Hidden Figures nomination is much more exciting than the Octavia Spencer Shape of Water nomination. I, I am uh, in, the only other real I thought am I have one is of the two people that think this way, but I really think it's the opposite. I I'm I like Hidden Figures. I think it's a warm, cozy movie, but I thought that she was one of the least interesting in the ensemble, and I think she does exactly what she's asked to do. Whereas in Shape of Water, I think there's a lot of interesting themes of loneliness throughout. And I think hers, as far as the supporting characters are concerned, she does some interesting things that nobody else is doing. That said, I don't think it's an amazing performance, but I I like this performance more than the Hidden Figures one. I wonder what Nicole thinks between these two performances. Which does she prefer? Of of Octavia Spencer? Yes, she probably probably (laughs) just say both of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's really a testament to Octavia Spencer's talent that we can both feel differently. I also can't wait for us to start an Octavia Spencer (laughs) podcast together. Do you know how long that would take? Because Octavia Spencer has only recently come to fame, but she has been working for forever in bit roles. You're going to be doing so many like one scene things. Like, that's why everyone loves her. She's worked with everyone. I love Viola. Yes. (laughs) I think that she is so good. I, I don't know where to go other than she's so good in doubt. She's great in Fences. I just feel like we already gave her a Tony Award for that performance. And then we have Naomi Harris standing right there. And she should have an Oscar for that performance. For that performance, too. The other thing is, if Phyla had been in lead, she would have won. She would have won as a lead. But apparently, there's something... Like, it was more like she was... This role is traditionally campaign supporting. And when she won the lead, Tony, it was like that was where the positioning was because it was thought she was more likely to win the Tony and lead that year. Whatever. I still think it's a lead performance. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And for those reasons, I still think it goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I just wanted to have, imagine, imagine you're doing Skyfall promo or Spectre. 
whichever one is the correct it's Spectre. So you're doing Spectre promo. And then for three days, you fly out, you put your entire on body and soul into this performance, and then you go back and you just keep doing that. Yeah, you go back promo, to being money penny. And then you get nominated for an Academy Award. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that's incredibly impressive. And I think part of it is like Naomi Harris hasn't been given opportunities like that. Um, I, I I love her, though. I've loved her since 28 Days Later. She would probably be on my ballot for 28 Days Later. Um, and thank God she's not in Pirates movies anymore. Um, I'm so, so I'm making this revision to Naomi. Uh, are you keeping it with Viola? I guess the question is, should Nicole win for Lion? Absolutely not. That's the Great. safest she shouldn't win of her four nominations. Um, do you, I guess I'll just confess this deep, dark secret on the podcast, which is I've never seen Lion. Oh, you're going to see Lion and still feel like you haven't seen Lion. I know that Lion has a lot of fun. I have to watch it. I'm watching it tomorrow night to record. Oh, exciting. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm being a little unfair to the performance. She's doing great things. I think that she adds a lot of layers to it that are not necessarily on the page that I think... Uh, you know, an actress who isn't so immersive in the person that they're playing wouldn't do. Like, she's doing really interesting things. She brings more to it than is there. It's just, it's still her least interesting nominated performance to me. But you may not feel that way. You're not a fan of Moulin Rouge. I'm, I I love to surprise. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple and. Maybe the way that we should do this. Do you have the years for yours? Because maybe the way that we should do this is... I have all of the years written down. I can say the years if you don't have the years of whichever ones you bring up. I was going to say, let's see who has the earliest, and maybe that'll be the person that starts. I have a feeling it's the same one. Um, My first year is 1995. Yep. Okay, great. So why don't you tell us what that movie is? And if you have the nominees, you can read them off. If not, I'll do it. Uh, I do have the nominees written down. Okay, so this is actually a very stacked year. So it was probably a really tight Best Actress race. The movie is to die for, I think, a lot of hardcore Nicole fans, the fans that have been around for a while that aren't the newbies, would all put to die for in her top three to five performances ever, if not her best performance ever. Um, the nominees Yeah, that it's year, my number three. Well, and Nicole also got a Golden Globe for this movie as well. She got the Comedy Globe, um, so she was an actual contender. Um, the actual nominees that year is the winner, Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking, uh, Emma Thompson for Sense and Sensibility, Sharon Stone for Casino, Elizabeth Shue for Leaving Las Vegas, and Meryl Streep for The Bridges of Madison County. This one is really easy for me, and that is because Susan Sarandon is canceled, uh, so I submit Nicole for this, and subsequently she wins, and that's all I have to say. Oh, okay. Well, I, I hear you on that. Um, the thing about this is that it's so early 90s Susan Sarandon that it's like, n- listeners are not going to want to hear me talk about Susan Sarandon, but the Susan Sarandon that I love is the meddler Susan Sarandon, the weird one who does weird things, not necessarily the like stoic, warm and tough Susan Sarandon. Um, but I wouldn't bump her out. Like at the same time, like I think this is an amazing performance and I'm glad that this nomination exists, but like Nicole had to have been in that top five. I would probably get rid of Sharon Stone just because it's one of the, it, I think she's great, but it's just one of those like loud histrionic performances, or at least that's the reason that people went for it. And Sharon Stone has done better work in movies that people don't respect as well as Casino. So I would bump out Sharon Stone. 
Do you mean to tell me that um, a loud histrionic performance, like, I don't know, let's say <laughs> Alice and Janney in, in I, Tanya. Let's, let's say like that, <laughs> that that's not deserving of a win. I, I'm, I, well, I mean, I feel like I'm still. That's just an example. Selling, we don't have to use that. I'm selling one. <laughs> some short here. Like, it is an amazing performance, but like, there, it is exactly what it is, and it is what it is on the page. It's not. I don't think it's what Nicole is doing in To Die For. All right. Uh, my next one is 1999. Okay, I know exactly which one you're doing. That would also be on my list. Okay, great. Um. I'll, I'll read this one off. So the winner this year is Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted. I Oh, so here's the, another plot twist. I put this as supporting. So I guess... I was about to bring that up because how do you feel I about would that? consider it a lead. Uh, and I, Ooh, I okay, so we're talking about... would be a lead for me. I think... Okay, so I do think you're right. We're talking about Eyes Wide Shut. I do think you're right. And the reason is just title cards and politics and the way that that works. The way that they're billed, it's a lead performance... But I think, and resident Eyes Wide Shut expert Daniel Kirk, I hope would agree with me in thinking that she's just not there enough. And so I think it's exciting to put her as a bonus supporting. Um, it's also just a really good lineup. Daniel, I fully expect you to yell at me if you disagree. But also, she's not, what is she not there for? Because I think, I think actually Shelley Duvall in The Shining is a really good comparison here. Because well, maybe Shelley's in more of the actual narrative of The Shining more than Nicole is, but like Nicole has these like pages of these monologues, and I think, I mean, maybe it's not her arc; it's exclusively Tom Cruise's arc. But it, for me, her impression that she leaves over the movie is looms large enough that I would consider it a leading performance. I think if you consider this, and these, this is a terrible comparison, but like you would have to consider Hannibal Lecter a supporting performance. I mean, listen, she's not Beatrice Strait, but I think that, like, I think that, I mean, we talked about Viola Davis and Fences getting a supporting, and it's not un, I mean, Viola's got speeches. Right. I don't know. Listen, it's fun, and <laughs> I'm going to give you the lineup, lineup, and you're going to tell me what you think. I'll do my lead lineup. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it's Angela. <laughs> It's no, it's fun. This is this is great um, for you and me and for no one listening. Probably, uh, it's Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted. It's Tony Collette for The Sixth Sense. It's Catherine Keener for Being John Malkovich. It's Samantha Morton for Sweet and Low Down, and it's Chloe Sevigny for Boys Don't Cry. That lineup's not great. I mean, I love. I think it's fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine, but. Uh, it- it's, I mean, it's not like stacked powerhouse performances, but it's a lineup that makes me giggle. I mean, that's probably fair. The win for me there would easily be Tony Collette. I mean, it, just because Tony Collette deserves better, but it's, I mean, that's such, it would be a weird performance to win, but just that whole car scene, like we talk more about that car scene than any of those other performances at all. Yeah, I think um, I talk about Girl Interrupted a lot because it was a movie that I watched a lot in high school, but I would probably give it to Tony Collette too. I also fucking love Catherine Keener. Yeah, I haven't. I think I would kick Samantha Morton out and then I would add Nicole in for supporting. Right, right. That's what I'll say. Um, I love Catherine Keener too. I haven't seen Being John Malkovich in a long time, probably since high school. So I've basically never seen it. Um, but I was obsessed with it at the time. Um, here's the lead the but chris you just graduated high school i don't understand i don't know know what college i'm gonna choose 
Um, <laughs> a ladybird joke there. It didn't happen. Um, okay, so the lead actress lineup that year for 1999 would be Hilary Swank, the winner for Boys Don't Cry, Annette Benning for American Beauty, She Will Sell This House Today, Janet McTeer for Tumbleweeds, a performance I have never seen, um, Julianne Moore for The End of the Affair, and Meryl Streep for Music of the Heart. And here's the thing. I would easily bump Meryl Streep over a performance I haven't even seen, which is where... These, this is where people are going to eat me. This is where they leave yeah. us. <laughs> I I agree. I think I think it's a really safe thing to do <laughs> in an episode like this is to bump a Meryl performance out. The coolest thing about that nomination is that Meryl Streep is nominated for being in a Wes Craven movie. That is pretty cool. Who was the second one after Hillary? Uh, Annette Benning, American Beauty. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to say. I think Annette wins and then Nicole gets on this list. Yes. She did, will and did sell, sell this house today. I agree. I agree. Oh, no, bring up your last one. We don't have to go into the full depth of this one. How do you feel about Nicole and Portrait of a Lady? Because I had that one on my longer list. Oh, um, so thank you so much for talking about that episode. It was just released, uh, what will now be yesterday. Um, I maybe didn't give that movie enough credit. I liked it all right. Um, and I think she's good in it. And obviously the cast is stacked. I'm going to watch the piano tonight so I can have more of a Jane Campion oh, context. Uh, I know <laughs> it's a, it's just this fun little thing I'm going to do for myself. Feel free to um, just DM me however many exclamation points you need to Jesus. It's incredible. Um, I've only seen portrait of a lady once, but I remember loving quite literally everything about it, which might be insane, but I probably should revisit it. But it was enough that I was like, I remember really loving her in that movie. And that lineup wasn't exciting, but we don't have to go. In. Well, it is kind of exciting because there's genuinely like three all-timer performances in there. Um, but we don't have to go into that. One. It's stacked. It's stacked. I mean, listen, listen to the episode. Mary Louise Parker's in it. Shelley Duvall, Shelley Winters, Barbara Hershey, John Malkovich, uh, that guy from Weeds. A lot of people. It's Viggo great. Mortensen. It's stacked. Christian Bale. Okay, so I'm interested in what your third one is going to be. I think I know what your third one is going to be, and it would definitely be at the top of my list. But there's two others that I think are also worthy of con- uh, conversation. So it's My next, next and last is 2004. Yeah, yeah, because that's the number one Nicole performance of all time, Absolutely as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And this is another time where, well, I'll say the lineup before I say that people are going to be mad at me. For what I'm about to say. The lineup is once again Hilary Swank winning for Million Dollar Baby, um, Catalina Sandino Moreno for Maria Full of Grace, uh, Kate Winslet for Eternal Sunshine, Annette Benning for Being Julia, and Anelda Staunton for Vera Drake. I mean, it could be worse. I could be like, well, Kate Winslet is gone, but that's one of the greatest performances ever. I'm not going to do that. I would bump out Annette Benning. I remember like vigorously hating that movie and not liking the performance either. And I know that this is a movie that I probably should revisit. I've had several gays tell me I need to revisit this movie, but it was, I just don't understand that. This was also at the time where it was influenced by Annette has, hasn't won. We will nominate her for anything at this point, which they should have saved that for another decade and done it for 20th century women. <laughs> but I would really bump out that being Julia performance for birth and birth would win. I uh, 100% agree with you. And this is going to make 
a friend of the podcast and inaugural guest, Tom Zohar, really mad because he, for literal years, tried to get me to watch this movie and went so far as to give me his DVD. I watched it like the week before I moved, and um, I now own that DVD. I took it with me, and Which I would mean, still. Are we talking that about birds? Uh, we're talking about being Julia. Oh, being Julia. Yes, he, he was like, "You just have to watch this," um, and I thought it was fine. And again, people are going to come for me, but I say, kick it out, give it to birth, and birth wins. Agreed. That was easy. We had diplomacy. Um, <laughs> um, the other two that I would bring up that I put on my list, um, Dogville, the year before in 2003, um, which that is a lot of movie. And I think she it's not showy whatsoever. The movie's showy enough. <laughs> but what she does, especially in the last act of that movie, is incredibly difficult. And she does it so delicately. Um, but that lineup is Charlize Theron for Monster, Keisha Castle-Hughes for Whale Rider, Samantha Morton for In America, the performance I would probably... No, actually, no. I hate two of these performances. There's also Diane Keaton for Something's Gotta Give. And here's the real reason to bring this up. Naomi Watts for 21 Grams. <laughs> I would get rid of Samantha Morton or Naomi Watts. Those are just so, like, highly pitched that I... And I love... I. I mean, maybe I don't love Naomi, but I love Samantha Morton. And I just, I remember hating that movie <laughs> and 21 grand. I see, yeah. Like, I, I can't kick her off twice. So I'm kicking Naomi. I'm so sorry. This is a, a 1000 on the Naomi Watts scale, but I'm, I'm giving her the boot. Sorry, girl. Um, and the other sorry. one I would, what was your other one? The other one, I, I, more so I brought this up because I wouldn't put this there. I know there's people that would, and I'm just curious about your perception of this would be 2012, the paper boy, which if you'll recall, listeners had winner and Hathaway for Les Mis, Helen Hunt for the session, Sally Field for Lincoln, Amy Adams for the master and Jackie Weaver for Silver Lang's playbook. The thing is, it's really easy to pump out Jackie Weaver, like really easy. But at the same time, I don't know if I would go for Nicole in this movie, just being horny in a car. Like that scene where she's super horny in a car smoking is brilliant, but this one got so much mileage in its awards run that was insane. Utterly insane. I love Jackie Weaver. I and Jackie I Weaver. will say that Amy Adams, which was not the point of this exercise, but Amy Adams wins for the master. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you so much. She would also win on mine. I, if, <laughs> listen, I don't want to necessarily like say that I am the preemptive Amy Adams stan in the internet, but it probably is me because if it was up to me, Amy Adams would probably have four Oscars, <laughs> but I love that performance in the master. It's the best. It's, it was the best on screen hand job until Nicole did killing <laughs> of the sacred deer. And now it's the second best on screen hand job and the mastery of that performance. No pun intended cannot be discounted. It wasn't part of the assignment, but I'm not nominating Nicole, and I am giving the win to Amy. Listen, we're kind of here to talk a little bit about the Oscars. That's what we're doing. Nicole's Oscar trajectory is really weird, so this episode can be a little weird. That's my two cents on that. I feel good. I I think we made a mini episode that is not so mini, but we got some really great points out. We hopefully didn't shit on Samantha Morton too much. Yeah, sorry, Samantha Morton. I I would seriously pay a lot of money to hear Samantha Morton's her performance. So, like, I love Samantha. (laughs) 
I do too. I will watch every episode of Harlots until it is eventually canceled uh, because I Anything loved it. How dare you? <laughs> um, Chris, where the heck can people find you online? You can find me on twitter.com at Chris V file. That's V F E I L. I'm also a contributor at the film experience and um, yeah, hopefully some other cool stuff in the near future. Thanks. Uh, you can find the podcast at the kid manifesto on Twitter. Um, you should also subscribe on Apple podcasts or Google play or pocket Casts If you haven't done that already, uh, you can also like leave a review, you know, and tell us like which of these many choices we were wrong about. I don't even know what we're going to play ourselves out to on this one. Uh, her actual winning speech. Cause it always opens with Benzel. I was going to make the joke that we should play something from Sweet and Low Down for oh Samantha Morton since we were so unkind. But... <laughs> silence and so we'll see how mischievous I'm feeling. Performance. Chris, thank you for doing this. Um, congratulations to Get Out. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to be back. <laughs> congratulations one last time to Darkest Hour nominee Lily James. Uh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, Sam. Bye. By a nose, Nicole Kidman. This is Nicole Kidman's first Academy Award and second nomination. She was nominated for an Oscar last year for Moulin Rouge. so much. Um, yes, now I have to think. Um, <laughs> David Hare, I need your words. Um, um, I have such appreciation and gratitude for this. Um, <laughs> oh, Russell Crowe said, don't cry if you get up there and now I'm crying. <gasps> Sorry. Um, Stephen Daldry, you took a huge chance on me. I'm so grateful. David Hare, you gave me magnificent words to say. <laughs> um, Scott Rudin, you fought so hard for this film to get it made. Paramount and Miramax, you made it. And um, Kevin Huvain, Rick Nasida, um, Mark Epstein who stood by me for so many years and I am just absolutely thrilled to be standing up here t tonight. I do have to say um, it was why do you come to the Academy Awards when the world is in such turmoil? Because art is important. Um, <laughs> And because you believe in what you do and you want to honor that and it is a tradition that needs to be upheld and um, at the same time you say uh, there is a lot of um, problems in the world and since 9-11 there's been a lot of pain in terms of families 
losing people and now with the war, families losing people. And God bless them. And I am um, standing here in front of my mother and my daughter. And my whole life I've wanted to make my mother proud. <laughs> and now I want to make my daughter proud, so thank you.